pri- that's the priority. So if, we can, if they can be introduced to Jesus, their life can change forever. Smiths are doing a phenomenal job and just so appreciate their burden and vision uh, for this ministry, doing a great, great job. I want to welcome uh, Sister Dean's brother and his wonderful bride here this morning. Glad that you folks are here. Um, Dunbar was diagnosed with a situation beyond the doctor's control, so they solicited prayer. What an awesome recourse. Thank the Lord. Awesome recourse. And a number of the churches in the area, as a matter of fact, along with Grace Church, uh, prayed. We anointed prayer handkerchiefs and what have you. And uh, God is doing an amazing, miraculous work in His body. And I am very thankful, and we rejoice with Him today. And uh, He made it clear. He said, I want to come and visit Grace Church today and thank them for their prayers. Dunbar, we're glad you're here today, man. And I'm uh, glad for what God is doing in your family, in your life. Amen. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. And I've had the opportunity to uh, meet all of Sister Dean's siblings. And uh, I want to tell you, this is a, an incredible family. And uh, just to watch them interact and how they, they joke and, and tease and what have you with each other. But there's a closeness a genuine love, and I'm glad you folks are here, uh, Don, and the the other two siblings, to take care of your elderly sister. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank the Lord. We love Dean Dykes. We go back a long, long ways, and she is a sweet, sweet lady, and we're glad she's a part of our church family. Well, folks, I've had a message rumbling on the inside of me now for a number of weeks, and uh, it seems that as this service has gone on, God has set such a platform for it, and uh, God's timing is perfect, and uh, we rely on that. So with that being said, I want to call your attention to Psalm 8, and we will read verses 1 and 2. And uh, while those of you that have electronic Bibles or the original paper version are turning there, Sister Melanie, you did a marvelous job this morning. Thank you for sharing the burden of your heart this morning. Thank the Lord. I'm glad Jesus loves me. No matter what, Jesus loves me, and I'm thankful for that. And uh, as a matter of fact, the Bible said that His mercies are new every day. So we can really get on his nerves yesterday, but today we hit reset and start all over again, and I thank God for that. Thank you, Sister Melanie, for your burden and your concern. There are several folks here today that I hope you heard that. I hope you heard what she had to say. Psalm 8, verse 1. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth who has set thy glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings hast thou ordained strength because of thine enemies, that thou mightest steal the enemy and the avenger. Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, he said, hast thou ordained strength. I want to speak to you for a little while this morning about the amazing impact of praise. The amazing impact of praise. And it is something 
that we don't do enough, we don't do it long enough, and neither we do it do we do it loud enough. Everybody said amen. Everybody say thank God for the word. Thank you for standing, and you may be seated. Thank the Lord. The psalmist David learned a key spiritual concept during his life that helped him get strength from God in his trials, and uh, it helped him in the silencing of his enemies. Something so simple that even a child can practice it. Because the devil launches so many attacks against God's people, God has given us one weapon that will stand strong in the face of every assault of the enemy. I want to say again, this is something we don't do enough. We don't do it long enough. We don't do it loud enough. And it's part of the reasons why we carry so many indifferent feelings and we carry burdens and what have you. Jesus referred to this same principle and concept during his triumphal entry into Jerusalem. As he came into the city, the people began to realize who Jesus was and they began to enthusiastically praise him. Now, I'm glad by this time, Jesus had only been in his ministry about three and a half years, and they had not yet learned traditional Pentecostal worship. Because there probably wouldn't have been any garments thrown in the middle of the road, because we pay too much for that, and (laughs) in no way I'm letting Jesus' donkey ride on my brand new Hart, Schaffner, and Mark's jacket. And we're not going to mess up our plants at home by cutting off any palm and willow branches to wave at him either. As a matter of fact, when he rides by, we're going to take on that nice traditional Pentecostal posture. And unless we really need something in our life right now, and if we're not hurting real bad, and, you know, unless things are just falling apart in our life, we're going to choose to remain very sedated and comatose. Even when Jesus is riding by, and what would be one of the greatest moments of his earthly ministry. We have perfected traditional praise and worship habits. I wish we could break those habits and learn biblical worship patterns. Well, I had about three people that got close and got scared to death and said, eh, ain't doing that. Oh, I forgot. I'm supposed to do that. Just can't help it. You know, when Jesus comes by, it pulls a response out of you, but you realize it. Man, I... Somebody testified recently something marvelous happened and said, Man, I could have run the aisles. People asked, Why did Hey, our world goes crazy over stuff. Why can't we? Go crazy over Jesus. Just saying. This ain't an emotional thing. It's a biblical thing. And it's not just because you're a new convert. It's supposed to be because you have Jesus on the inside of you and you love him. That's what's supposed to be. Everybody say amen. You can say amen. Say amen. (laughs) Thank the Lord. 
So Jesus referred to this, and he said in Matthew chapter 21, verse 15, when the chief priest and the scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, and the children, and the children crying in the temple, saying, the children, not these biblical theologians who knew the law of Moses inside and out, they didn't get it. It was the children, the Bible said. They're the ones that started saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Not the adult people. The kids said, hey, that's Jesus. That's the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last, which is, which was, and is to come the Almighty. That's Emmanuel, God with us. Hosanna to the son of David. Hosanna to the son of David. Hosanna to the son of David. The children did it. The children did it. The children did it. Come on, Pentecostals. Does anybody have Jesus on the inside of you? If you do, now is a good time to let the world know. (laughs) Hallelujah. The children did it. David said, out of the mouth of babes and sucklings thou hast ordained strength. Well, this got the scribes and Pharisees riled up. Verse 16, they were, or so, they were sore displeased. So in verse 16, they said unto him, Hearest thou what these children say? Listen to the words of Jesus as he properly interprets Psalm 8. And Jesus said unto them, Have you never read out of the mouth of babes and sucklings? Thou hast perfected praise. It's when kids realize who God is, they don't just sit down and be real quiet and say, I know that. I've known that for 50 years, and it just don't excite me no more. Kids don't do that. Kids get excited about the same thing over and over and over. They've experienced Christmas already at least six or seven, eight times, but they don't get tired of it. They've experienced their birthday six, seven, eight, nine, ten times, but they still look forward to their birthday. You can get them a new bicycle and a new watch, and they still get excited about it. They get excited about things that they love and things that they're interested in and people they have a relationship with. Adult people lose that feeling of endearment, that feeling of passion, that feeling of I can't wait to get in the house of God and see Jesus again. We lose that feeling, but I'm determined at Grace Church, we're going to bring it back, man. We're going to bring it back. When God comes into the house, he deserves a response out of us. He's got to get a response out of us. Oh, yes, he does. Clap your hands and shout to the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I never get tired of him. 
I never get tired of being in his presence. I love him more today than the day when we first met. He's my God and my healer, and I love him. Praise God. So David said, out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, thou hast ordained strength. But Jesus said, out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, thou hast perfected praise. Jesus didn't misquote David. Rather, he interpreted the scripture and explained the truth David had discovered. Joseph Garlington said, worship is like breathing. You're created to do it all the time. It's a lifestyle. Robert Weber said, worship is a verb. It's an action word. Since I've been preaching for the past, I'm looking at that clock. I'll look at another clock. About the past three or four minutes, it's my clock, my version of time. It's amazing. One day, we're going to praise him for who really is, and I look forward to that day. Judson Cornwall said, worship is an attitude expressed. Lamar Boschman said, don't let life affect your worship. Let your worship affect your life. Amen. There is supernatural strength loosed on our behalf when we praise God. Your simple act of praise is bigger than you are because it connects with a God that's bigger than you are. Praise accomplishes what we cannot accomplish because it launches spiritual weapons at the enemy that demolishes strength and silences voice. My, my, I wish we could understand that here today. David had learned this as long as he was praising God. Situations involving his enemies were turned around. The Bible said in 1 Samuel 16, 23, And it came to pass when the evil spirit from God was upon Saul that David took a harp and played it with his hand. And so Saul was refreshed and was well, and the evil spirit departed from him. Why can't we learn that? Hey, we learned that. I was having a little spiritual experience. Sister Murph knows about it. Several nights ago. And uh, it always happens at like 1.30 in the morning for some crazy reason. And uh, I laid in bed. And I just started singing. A song came to my mind. We sang it years ago. Uh, years and years ago. Uh, praise you. Praise you. Let my life, oh Lord. Praise you. And I just started singing it over and over in my mind. And it started coming out of my mouth. And then for the past next two or three days, I just kept singing that song. I caught myself singing it yesterday. Driving in the middle of a big storm down the interstate. Praise you. Praise you. Let my life praise you. It's not 
something we do in church. It's not something we think about once in a while when something good happens. But worship is a lifestyle. You live it as unto the Lord. And David learned this. In 1 Samuel 17, verse 45, David said to the Philistine, Goliath, thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. Why don't we ever think of that when we're facing situations in our life? that scare us and intimidate us and hurt us and cause us to feel negatively about ourselves and about our family and about our job and about things going on. Say, hey, you coming to me with all of your noise, but I'm coming to you with my God. I'm telling you, folks, it works if you can learn to praise Him. In 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 6, David was greatly distressed, for the people spake of stoning him, because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and his daughters. But David encouraged himself in the Lord. I want to tell you today that social media is not a place of refuge for your hurt and your displeasure and your anxieties and frustration. Neither is your neighbor or your family. But if you'll open your mouth, in the spite of all that's happened to you and begin to launch out some praise, some words of affection and endearment. I'll say it again. The psalmist said, Oh, clap your hands, all ye people, and shout unto God in the voice of triumph. Brother Merrill just said, just told me a few moments ago, scientists have proven that loud noises shatter the air. It does. There's molecule activity and all that. It's beyond my educational boundaries. But they've proven that shouting, it, it, it shatters the air. And shouting can motivate people. It works in sports. There's a college team that they call their fans the 12th man on their team. It can motivate people, man. Well, the Bible says that the devil is the prince and power of the air. So when you shout, you shatter the devil. <laughs> no, we'd rather pout. We'd rather be mad. We'd rather be angry than in the face of what's happened to us, get out in the aisle and say, not today. That trickery is not going to work on me today. I'm going to let my praise out. I'm going to let my worship out. I'm going to destroy the devil with the words of my mouth. I'm preaching the Bible to you this morning. It's not hocus pocus. It's the word of God. And God will come to your rescue. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me, let me move on. The Bible said in Psalm 149, verse 6, Let the high praises of God be tucked away nicely in their heart, so that in their heart everyone will know that they deeply, deeply love Jesus. 
Where does the Bible tell you to put your praise at, man? It's on the screen. It's not a hard question. It's not trickery. It's just up there on the screen. Let the high praises of God be in there. That was about one-fourth. The other three-fourths will get on board before I'm done here this morning. God wants to hear some noise out of your mouth. Let me share some Bible with you this morning. The Bible is filled with praise. You know, we're commanded over 250 times in the Bible to praise God. God didn't just say it once, twice, three times. He's serious about this subject. He wants your praise to come out of your mouth so He can hear it. The high praises of God shall be in their mouth. Let me continue. As Pentecostals, I do not apologize for our exuberance in praising God. I only apologize that more churches don't worship God like that with so many commandments and exhortations in the Bible to praise God. Who could tell themselves a Christian and not who could call themselves a Christian and not praise God? Notice carefully, here's just a few ways that David found to praise God that would silence the enemies in his life. We know the story of David. He didn't always use the slingshot. But when he did, it was already enveloped and anointed in praise and worship. Amen. But notice a few ways. In Psalm 113, verse 1. He said, praise ye the Lord. Praise. Everybody say praise. Praise, O ye servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. That word praise in Psalm 113 verse 1 means to make a show, to boast, to be clamorously foolish. That's what he's saying. That when I praise God, look what I'm doing. I'm praising God. Hallelujah. I don't care what you think. It don't matter your opinion of me. I praise Him because I love Him. I worship Him because I adore Him. He said to boast and to be foolish in your praise. In Psalm 115, 18, we will bless the Lord. The word bless means to kneel in adoration. In Psalm 116, verse 17, I will offer to thee the sacrifice of thanksgiving. That thanksgiving means a choir of worshipers with upraised hands. Psalm 117, verse 1. Oh, praise the Lord, all ye nations. Praise Him, all ye people. That word praise means to address in a loud voice. A voice of triumph and a voice of glory. I'm not reading out of Sears catalog. This is Bible. This is the Bible. Open your mouth and praise the Lord. Shame on you if you shout louder at an LSU football game than you do at church. Huh? Shame on you if you shout louder at the birth of your first child. Shame on you 
if you shout at your teenagers louder. Psalmist said in Psalm 118, Thou art my God, I will praise thee. Thou art my God. I will exalt the exalt means to exalt, to extol, to lift up, to set up on high. But here's the one I like the most. And God help me. In my old, almost 58-year-old body, one of these days I'm going to practice this. I've got to start learning how to do this. I've got to learn this. Psalm 118, verse 24. Now this is the way we sing it. This is the day. This is the day that the Lord hath made, that the Lord hath made. I will rejoice, I will rejoice and be glad in it. I see no rejoicing and I see no gladness. You know what rejoice in this Psalms mean? Look it up, look it up when you get home. You know what it means? To spin around under the influence of violent emotion. This is a day that the Lord hath made. Any of you got some of that in you? Get up. This is a day the Lord hath made. Rejoice. Rejoice. And be glad in it. Don't tell me you're too traditional. Don't tell me you're too tired. If you love Jesus, you'll figure out a way. You may be seated. I'm going to have to bring this back to the chagrin of a lot of our parents with young children. You know what I'm feeling right now? Oh, I wish I was a Pentecostal wiener. That is what I'd really love to be. Scared to death to worship the creator of your soul. I just can't do it, Pastor. It's just not me. How did you get married? How did you propose? Honey, you know I love you. Deep on the inside. Oh. Would you uh, marry me? I really wonder how much pulse we have sometimes as Pentecostals. I wish we could be known for other things and praise as one of them that we could really be known for to worship. I want you to notice that every one of these biblical forms of praise, biblical forms of praise, Demand a response through the mouth or motion. Every one of them. 
I don't read in the Bible where you can praise God in your heart. It's like the guy that got married and said, Honey, I'll tell you one time I love you. If it changes, I'll let you know. That's what we do to Jesus. Jesus, I love you. <laughs> if it changes, you'll be the first to know. There's no room for quiet, reserved praise that supposedly happens only in the heart. That's not biblical praise. Biblical praise involves a whole man. Every love affair involves the emotions. People say, but I'm just not the emotional type. What you mean is, is you're only emotional about the things that you're interested in. Everybody say amen. amen. The Bible tells us that there's only one kind of person that is exempt from the command to praise God. In Psalm 115, verse 17, the dead praise not the Lord. In Psalm 146, 147, 148, 149, all began and end with the phrase, Praise ye the Lord. Then in a final crescendo, Psalm 150 declares, Praise ye the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in the firmament of His power. Praise Him for His mighty acts. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Praise Him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise Him with the psaltery and harp. Praise Him with the timbrel and dance. Praise Him with the stringed instruments and organs. Praise Him on the loud cymbals. Praise Him upon the high-sounding cymbals. Let everything... Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Everything that hath breath, everything. Clap your hands and shout unto the Lord. Somebody praise Him. Somebody praise Him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! You know that you can be healed in an atmosphere like this? You can be delivered in an atmosphere like this? God can solve your problem in an atmosphere like this? For where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And we know that God inhabits the praise of His people. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something else. You may be seated. The Bible teaches that the mouth, everybody say the mouth, is the center of spiritual warfare. Now, this is going to rub some of you the wrong way. You know, the heart is, the mind is. No, the Bible teaches the mouth is heart of, is the center of spiritual warfare. The mouth is. The mouth can either launch the devil's weapons or God's weapons. The mouth does that. Not your thoughts. It is not what you feel in your little heart. You know, it's funny when people want to compare their, their love or, or illustrate their love. It's the little heart. It's a little. But when they're generous, they have a big heart. So when people are giving you money, you want them to have a big heart. But when they love you, a little heart's fine. That's just laying you up. 
The Bible said in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21, I'm giving you a Bible for what I'm preaching. I'm not taking it out of context. Death and life, death and life are in the power of the tongue. So you can unload on somebody and call them a low-down, good-for-nothing, sorry loser. Or you can say, you're the best thing that ever happened to me. It's all in your mouth. And how you say it and who you say it to has huge impact. Either way. Yes, it does. The old saying I heard when I was a kid, sticks and stones may break my bones, words never hurt me. That's a lie, whoever came up with that. I know more people have been hurt by words than by sticks and stones. Amen. The power of the spoken word. And we have to understand that. Joel said, beat your plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spears and let the weak say. Say. Not act. Not pretend. Not to put a new face on. Not to make a New Year's resolution. But let the weak say, I am strong. Listen to pastor today and watch the screen. God didn't keep Joseph from the pit or Daniel from the den of lions or the Hebrew boys from the fiery furnace or Paul and Silas from prison. But because they started praising instead of pouting, God walked in with them and walked them through their situation. Does anybody hear the word of God? But you don't know how hurt I am, Pastor. You don't know how angry I am. Okay, shut that up and start praising God and see what happens. I'm preaching the Bible here today. I'm preaching Bible here today. Why don't you Facebook this, baby? Why don't you get on Instagram and put this up there instead of your moans and groans and your aches and pains and all of your problems? Somebody praise Him. Somebody praise Him. Praise Him, for God is great. You may be seated. So when you praise, when you praise instead of panic and worship instead of worry, God will fight for you. Let me skip on. Psalm 103 in verse 1. When David writes in the Psalm 103 that we should bless the Lord, he's not just saying that we bless the Lord because of past benefits. He's also telling us that as we bless the Lord, we actually walk in the benefits of praise. I'm preaching to you about the amazing impact of praise. It works. David calls it the benefits of praise. Notice, when you praise the Lord, listen to me, folks. When you praise the Lord, you pull out of God forgiveness, healing, redemption, crowning, satisfaction. You don't get that when you pout. You don't get that when you have a sore attitude. You don't get that when you're depressed. You don't get that when you're discouraged. Mr. Dunbar, I believe in the power of prayer. There's no question about it. But if you could hear the attitude of this man when he was facing this physical situation in his body, he was diagnosed with mesothelioma. There's no cure. Why don't you sit down and talk to him a little while? I believe with prayer 
and such a phenomenal attitude. This man is here today still upright and still doing well from what I understand. God is still working in his body and has brought him a long ways. Let me tell you something, man. When you take on an attitude of praise instead of an attitude of pout, God can bring you out. Facebook that, baby. David said in Psalm 103, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Who forgives all thine iniquities? Who heals all thy diseases? Not has done it, is doing it. Y'all not hearing me. I just... When you bless the Lord... He forgives your iniquities. He heals your diseases. He redeems your life from destruction. He crowns you with love and kindness and tender mercy and satisfies your mouth with good things so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. But we'd rather sit in our traditional Pentecostal farm with our arms folded or propped leisurely on the back of the chair staring at the watch and can't wait to get to Sonny's barbecue when God has so much more. If we could just open our mouth and praise Him. Praise Him. Praise David uncovers a secret to silencing the enemy in Psalm 34. If you want to make the enemy look small, then make God look big with your praise. I've done it. I've done it. Again, Joseph Garlington said, To worship is to act as inferior before a superior. When I worship God, he said, I am saying by my actions, God, you're better than I am. You're bigger than I am. You are more than I am. Praise doesn't change God's power. Praise changes your perspective. Psalm 34, and I'm concluding. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth, even when I'm hurting, even when I'm financially destitute, even when my marriage isn't the best it should be, even when things in my life aren't going well. I will bless the Lord at all times. And His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make boast or boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. So you have a choice to make. Your mouth can either launch the weapons of the devil to defeat you or the weapon of praise to give you victory. If you'll stand with me for the next few moments. This is not my material, but I want to share it with you. It's called the Worshipper's Alphabet. How many letters are in the alphabet? 26. It's amazing how well you respond at the end of a message than you do at the beginning. The end is in sight. We're standing. Sonny's is getting closer by the minute. The Worshipper's Alphabet. I have 26 points to make. Fooled you, huh? You can talk about your anxieties, or you can praise the advocate. 
the all in all, the almighty, the alpha and omega, the altogether lovely, the amen and the anointed and the apostle of our profession, the author of eternal salvation and the one who is alive forevermore. You can talk about your bitterness or you can praise the banner, the bearer of sin, the beginning, the ending, the beloved, the buckler, the branch, the bread, the blessed hope, the bridegroom, the bright morning star, the one who is before all things. You can talk about your concerns or you can praise the captain of your salvation, the chief cornerstone, the chosen of God, the Christ, the chief shepherd, the cleft of the rock, the comforter, the commander, the consolation, the counselor, the creator, and the chiefest among 10,000. You can talk about your depression or you can praise the daysman, the day spring from on high, the day star to arise, the defense, the deliverer, the desire of all nations, and the dwelling place. You can talk about your emptiness. Or you can praise the elect, the eternal of God, the everlasting life, the Emmanuel, the everlasting name, the express image of God, and the everlasting Father. You can talk about your fears. Or you can praise the faithful and true, the finisher of your faith, the first begotten of the dead, the firstborn, the faithful high priest, the firstborn of them, the firstfruits of them that slept, the fortress, the foundation, the fountain of living water, the friend of sinners, the faithful and true, the foreordained before the foundation of the world, the friend that sticketh closer than a brother. You can talk about your guilt, or you can praise the gift of God, the glorious name, the good master, the glory of God, God blessed forever, God manifest in flesh, God who avengeth me, God with us, God of my strength, the great shepherd of the sheep, the guiltless, the governor, the God of my life, the great God, the God, and the God of my salvation. You understand why the Bible gives so many commandments to praise? Because there's so many attributes of God to be praised. We can never exhaust them. You can talk about your habits, or you can praise the habitation of justice, the head of all principality, the power, the head of the body, the heir of all things, the helper, the hidden man of the hiding place, the high priest, the high tower, the holy one, the hope of glory, the horn of salvation, the house of defense, and the high and lofty one who inhabiteth eternity. You can talk about your insecurities. Do you all get the point? Talk about your insecurities, or you can praise the I am, the innocent, the Emmanuel, the image of the invisible God. You can talk about your jealousies, or you can praise Jesus Christ, the judge of the quick and the dead, the jasper stone, the just one, the judge of all the earth. You can talk about your knowledge, or you can praise the king of glory, the king of saints, the keeper, the king eternal, the king immortal, the kinsman, the king in his beauty, the king forever and ever, the kindness and love of God, the king of kings, the king who cometh in the name of the Lord. You can talk about your loneliness. You can talk about your misery. You can talk about your needs, your offenses, your problems, your questions, your reasonings, your sadness, your trials, your uncertainty, your victimization. You can talk about your weaknesses. You can talk about your excuses. Or you can praise the one that's excellent. You can talk about your yearnings. You can talk about your zeros, all the things you don't have. The secret to victory is continual praise. The praises of him shall continually be my mouth. This is what the prelude was to Pentecost. Before the Holy Ghost fell in Acts chapter 2, in Luke 24, the Bible said they were continually in the temple praising and blessing God, and it brought the Holy Ghost down. The ultimate expression of praise is when you allow God to take control of your mouth, the center of spiritual warfare, and fill you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. 
Joel said, and it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Acts chapter 2 said, The promise is unto you and your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Psalm 81 said, I am the Lord thy God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt. Open thy mouth wide, and I shall fill it. Jacob Tubick said, We must learn to perfect our worship through the Holy Spirit. Worship holds the key to the throne room of God and through intense intimacy with Him. Ralph Martin said, Worship is an exercise of the Holy Spirit directed primarily to God. This subject is probably one of the most dear subjects to my heart in the Bible. I hope to be preparing in the next couple of months to teach on the Tabernacle of David. Sister Dean is helping me with that. But I can never get away from this subject of praise and worship. We never do it enough. We never do it long enough. And we never do it loud enough. Read your Bible. People say church is too loud. Church is never loud enough as far as God is concerned. When you get to heaven, read the book. When you get to heaven, it's going to be loud. It's going to be loud. Because there's something about God that requires volume. We try not to be offensive in our music, and I try not to be offensive in my preaching, sort of. By being too loud, and I thank our media booth, they do a great job. There is a pitch and a volume that's real uncomfortable for the ear. But I have a feeling when our bodies are changed in the moment of twinkling of an eye, we're going to be given a set of eardrums that nothing will ever be too loud. And you can shout to God. You can shout to the Lord. So at the concluding moments of this service today, thank you for your patience and your attention. There's people here today that would like to be able to just really throw your hands up in the air and just worship God, but you're burdened. You're burdened by things you don't understand and you can't, our traditional isms have programmed us to think adversely sometimes to even Scripture itself. It's hard to have praise continually in my mouth when I'm hurting, when my marriage is in trouble. When the job is in trouble, when the kids are haywire, when I just don't have control of my life, it's hard to praise God. I, I feel carnal, I feel half backslidden, and I just can't praise God because I'm not good enough. The Bible doesn't put all those labels. I don't know where all that came from. Jesus said, if these hold my peace, then the very stones will cry out and worship me. My God, man, if a rock that feels nothing and that can be used to kill people with, had a legitimate shot at praising Jesus that day, then my word, you can open your mouth and say something. I believe we ought to praise Him. I believe we ought to praise Him. I believe we ought to praise Him because He's great. And He is greatly to be praised. Praise the Lord. 
So this morning, if you're burdened, if you're frustrated, if you're confused, if you need healing, if you need deliverance, as they begin to sing and play, we're going to come up here and worship. That's all I'm going to ask you to do is just come up here and praise the Lord. Come up here with arms raised, with your heart full of love and appreciation to God. Just walk up here and just praise Him. And if you're burdened, if you're burdened, if you're frustrated, if you're heartbroken, come praise Him and see what happens. Come praise Him and see what happens. Somebody praise Him. Somebody praise Him. Praise Him. 